I'm so glad we have a God who allows us to not be shaken, who gives us ways in which to overcome. Can you, you can sit for just a second, if you don't mind. Uh, I did want to take a moment and remind those of you who are newcomers, or maybe this is your first time here, we have a meet and greet in the fellowship hall following this service. The staff will be there, so all of those pressing questions that you have, fold them up. Pastor Ronnie has a pocket, and uh, <laughs> Pastor Kevin has a pocket. <laughs> Alan? What is wrong with these people? We want to invite you to come and have some pizza with us, uh, some pizza and some conversation. We'll share a little bit about the church, maybe answer any questions you might have. But that's immediately following this service. If you'll just go out here, hang a left, and go toward uh, Breakfast Blend, we'll join you there and uh, hopefully spend a little bit of time together getting to know each other. There were some names on the list. I think there's like there were like 25 or 26 last time I looked at it, and, and I was like, oh, no. So I'm hoping to meet the staff and, um, <laughs> no, seriously, we got a lot of new people and we're excited about that. So now let's take all these new people and let's jump into the word. you want to? Okay, let's do that. Let's, would you stand with me? We're getting ready to read a passage of scripture out of Second uh, Kings chapter 6. The setup is that the king of Elam and the king of Israel are fighting And Elisha keeps sending stories and telling the king of Elam what, uh, or telling telling the king of Israel what the king of Elam is doing. The king of Elam is getting more and more upset about this. He says, it's as if Elisha is in my bedroom telling secrets. And so he says, find out where he is. We're going to send somebody to get him. And this is where it picks up. It says, the king said, go and find out where he is also to capture him. The report came back, he's in Dothan. Then he dispatched horses. Early in the morning, servant of the holy man got up and went out. Surprise! Horses and chariots surrounding the city. The young man exclaimed, Oh, master, what shall we do? He said, don't worry about it. There are more on our side than on their side. Then Elisha prayed, O God, open his eyes and let him see. The eyes of the young man were opened and he saw. A wonder, the whole mountainside full of horses and chariots of fire surrounding Elisha. Oh, Father, I thank you for your word. Oh, Lord, there's just a a power and an excitement, Father, when we get into your word. I'm asking, Lord, that you open it up to us today. Lord, open our eyes so that we can see what you're trying to show us in today's passage. Father, we want to line up with you in this. God, I ask that you would just speak to our hearts. Give us another weapon in the arsenal as we fight against the enemy of our souls. Father, I pray that everything that is of me would be forgotten and and it would just fall to the ground. Everything that is of you would stand and produce fruit, Lord, in our lives, consistent with righteousness. And we will give you all of the glory and the honor. Amen. 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 God is just too good for words. Um, I have been excited about this passage. I haven't always been settled about today, but I've been excited about what the Lord has for us. I'm Always excited to find out what God has to say. Does anyone in here get excited when God gives them an answer? 
<laughs> Does anybody in here need God to give them an answer? <laughs> anybody been through a battle? Anybody in a battle? You are so in the right place. I am so in the right place because God has answers for us today. We are in the middle of a series about this is how we fight our battle. You may have noticed the small sign in the foyer that uh, mentions it, brings it up. And also on the walls, it says, surrounded by you. Because in every battle, we are surrounded by God. And that is elemental, foundational to what we're going to talk about today. The Lord began to minister to me uh, several things about prayer. There are over, I tell you what, I'm not an expert on this, guys. I've just prayed a lot. But so don't expect me to like, you know, give you anything that you, there are 811 million hits if you Google prayer. Do you know that? If it can be said or written, it's, it's said or written, you can Google it. So I'm just going to kind of share with you what God's put in my heart about it. And we'll go from there. To me, um, prayer is accessing. It's as if you tap a vein in the Spirit and you are able to access everything that the blood of Christ bought. It's as if you can touch that, that touch point that goes, God, you did all of this and, and now I need some of that to pour out over my life. Healing, deliverance, comfort, peace, peace of mind. All of the things that were purchased by Jesus Christ on the cross, we access in prayer when we come to Him. And why we wouldn't use that tool, I have no idea. I know we get very busy and, and, and we uh, get caught up in our lives and, and we go to all of the other sources, but can I just encourage you this morning to understand that your ultimate source, your primary source is God alone. God alone. And if you will purpose in your heart to allow him to birth this tool in your life, it will absolutely revolutionize your walk with God. It will change everything about it. And, and I just kind of want to go through this progression with you. The very first thing we see in this passage of scripture is that the, uh, <laughs> the servant goes out uh, it says, the enemy came by night and surrounded the city. How many of you have ever said this? It's as if overnight everything changed. I don't know. Yesterday everything was fine, and today it's as if everything has just fallen apart. The enemy comes by night, and he doesn't normally announce his coming. And so you know what that means to you and I? That means we need to be prepared that means we need to, as Pastor Ronnie says, always know that there will be a battle. We're not immune to battles. And, and how do we prepare ourselves when the enemy comes? And um, he says, they came by night and surrounded the city. So when Elisha and the servant went to bed that night, it was fine, right? Well, Elisha, <laughs> I love that Elijah's servant gets up, dun, da, 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 and he goes outside. That's just how I picture it. It doesn't say that in the word. It's just how I picture it. And he goes out there, and it's like he's probably getting some water or something, and then he looks up, and he is surrounded by the enemy. Surrounded by the enemy. I love this, it says. It says, he got up, went out, surprise! Surprise! Horses and chariots around the city. And I love the next portion, it says, and he exclaimed, have you ever been surprised by something and exclaimed something? Have you ever been caught off guard and, and something just like, you know, you uh, this exclamation, something about that just cracks me up. When uh, my oldest son, Aaron, Aaron okay, oh, you all know my oldest son is Aaron. Aaron, 
he was about three years old, and um, we were out in the front yard. He, his thing was, during locust season, he'd say, Mommy, let's go out and get some locomotives. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, let's go get some locomotives, but I'm not touching them. And uh, we were out playing with those, I know. <laughs> we didn't have Nintendo. And, uh, <laughs> and this airplane, we lived in Oak Ridge, and this airplane goes over, and this boom just sounded. And can I tell you, when you live in Oak Ridge and something booms, you look up. And um, this, this boom hit, and all of a sudden, my little three-year-old looks up and exclaims something very inappropriate. <laughs> at which point, I look at his father and go, really, Hal? And uh, no. <laughs> no, he, Hal wasn't there, but internally, that is what I did. And, uh, and, and, and I was shocked, and he was actually shocked. Aaron was shocked, and in that moment, he looks up at me, and he goes, well, what are we going to do about that? (laughs) And see, looking back, okay, we dealt with it. I was a little tickled by it, but I tried not to show it to him because I didn't want him to think that was funny, and then I found out where it came from, and we dealt with that, but inside, I was tickled, and now I look back, and I'm like, okay, his initial response, the initial exclamation was not scriptural, but what he did afterward absolutely was because the servant of Elijah says, what are we going to do about this? (laughs) And so the servant Elijah says, what are we going to do? Ah, that we would stop in the moments of surprise and look up to heaven and go, God, what are we going to do? Instead of going, Google, what are we going to do? What if we God it before we Google it? (laughs) Say it with me, God before Google. You'll remember that, right? Or Facebook, yeah, we're not even going to go there. Um, the, uh, if we could access God, if when something begins to happen or we're shocked or we're surprised or we receive a bad report, whatever the case may be, let it to go, God, what are we going to do here? Well, if God was our first response instead of our last choice, if seeking him out, because when you do that, it takes it off of you and onto him. And who do you want to roll this onto? We have lost the art of casting our cares onto the Lord because we've forgotten that he truly cares for us. And so we've lost how to, to cast it on the Lord. And so we cast it on friends or we cast it on people and get their opinions and their ideas when what we really need to be doing is going, God, this is where I am. What do, we, what do we do now? And I just love this whole, this whole passage of Scripture because he, this servant says, what, are, what do I do? And instead of answering what he should do, Elisha says, what he shouldn't do. And the first thing he says is, do not worry. Do not worry. How many of us have a degree in worry? <laughs> How many of us can tell the stages of wor- from worry to petrification? You know, <laughs> it's like worry to immobility. How do we get there? And we can teach one another how to do that. But what if? What if we chose in whatever the situation might be, whatever they're saying, whatever the doctor's saying, whatever the bills look like, what if we chose to go and uh, take that to heart and go, do not worry. 
Okay, do not worry. Now, how do we shift from worry to go and do not worry? Well, it's followed up right here because Scripture says uh, what, what the servant's looking at is the fact. The fact is there is an army. The fact is there is a battle. The fact is that report did come. But the truth is what Elisha said. Elisha says, don't worry about it. Greater are they that are with us than they that are with them. And I need you to understand that whatever your situation, wherever you are, whatever the battle looks like, you are the majority with God. You outnumber whatever the masses say when it's God and his armies on your side. Do you understand that? Because see, sometimes we don't get that. We think we're in it all alone because that's what the enemy wants us to think. He wants us to think we're in it all alone. You are never alone. Never. And if there can be any comfort or any cohesiveness in this message or these series of messages that we're bringing over the next few months about the weapons of our warfare and how we fight our battles, number one, you need to know that it's not your battle. You need to know that the battle belongs to the Lord and your job in it is to give it to Him, allow Him to give us instruction in it. But right below that is the understanding that when you are in a battle, you need to know you are not alone in your battle. You're not alone in your sickness. You're not alone in that addiction that the enemy would love for you to think you are all alone in. You are not alone when you're facing lawyers or you're facing issues or you're facing whatever it is, you're not alone. So don't allow the enemy to isolate you. Don't allow him. And the the key to kicking it over the edge is this. When he said, okay, yes, we're surrounded, but the truth is greater are those that are around us than, than, than those, uh, greater are those that are with us than those that are against us. And we have got to be able to shift from that. There's something that the Lord gave me, I can't even tell you when he gave it to me, some time ago. And it's something that, that works for me in my prayer life. Um, like I said, after 811 million opinions, all I can really share with you is what the Lord does in my life. And Um, One of the tools that he's given me has everything to do with this passage of Scripture. Because it goes on to say, don't worry about it, there are more on our side than on ours. And it says, then Elijah prayed, oh God, open his eyes and let him see. Open his eyes and let him see. That has become part of my prayer life. Lord, open my eyes and let me see. For the longest time, I thought that was like just one thought. Open my eyes, I'm going to see. It's two different things. When you studied that out, it says, uh, open his eyes. That was the first prayer. The second is, and let him see. Sometimes our eyes are open. The second part, and let him see. Literally, when you study it out, it means it goes straight to discernment. It goes straight to understanding. It says, I want you, Lord, I want you to take those blinders off that Pastor Ronnie spoke about last week when, uh, with his friend. Remember, his uncle didn't, uh, wouldn't receive the Lord, and Pastor Ronnie shared the scripture about he began to pray, Lord, open, take the blinders off of his eyes that the world does. That's the first part of the scripture. Open his eyes, and then it says, and let him see. What the, this literally means is, okay, take the blinders. Quit letting, letting them look with the eyes of the world. And when you open their eyes, God... I want them to see. I want them to discern what it is that's going on here. I want them to be able to look at it and understand it in a different way. 
And when they look at it and understand it, when they get discernment about what you're showing them, what God is showing you, then let them like stand back and in, 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 the best way I can say it is stand back in mad respect for what God's doing. To just shift in your spirit and go, yeah, that's what it looks like. But when you look at it from this vantage point, it's a completely different vista. It's something completely different. We are supposed to allow God, ask God, open our eyes in this moment and let us see what's really going on. Let's see what's really going on here. Can you even imagine this? Can you even imagine this? I had asked the first service, close your eyes for just a second. It says, then Elijah prayed, and the servant's eyes were open, and he saw on the mountains around him. I just want you to see it. If you could open your eyes in this moment and see the chariots, see the host all around you. This is just, to me, this is just power. This is God active in your moment, in this time. What if you opened your eyes, and that's what was in this room? What if you opened your eyes and could see in the spirit and that veil was taken away that's spoken of, open his eyes. What if you, it was stripped away and you could see what is actually in here, in this room? Because I promise you, you are surrounded by so great a host. That's what the word says. The word says that we are surrounded by so great a company of witnesses. Isn't that what the word says? That's not temporary, and that's not one time. That's all the time. We are always surrounded. And if we could grab that in our spirits, if we could begin to understand that when we're in the middle of our our battles, there is a host fighting with us or for us. One of the years ago, I had written a poem, and one line in it came to me this morning, and it said, at the moments you thought I abandoned you when you needed me most, But I assure you, my love, there was always a host. There is always a host. The word says he opens the eyes of the young man and says, a wonder, a wonder. The whole mountainside full of horses and chariots of fire surrounding Elisha. This raises so many questions in my spirit. And and the word ought to raise questions in your spirit. It ought to cause you to think about it. And as I look at this, I'm thinking about, why would Elijah say, open his eyes and let him see, unless Elijah already saw. Unless Elijah's prayer life, unless Elisha's relationship was such that he already knew what was going on. Would that not be a powerful thing to be able to go, God, open their eyes and let them see what I see, but you got to see it first. And see, there's this open community. I love that. I love, I love to think about, did Elisha just walk around seeing all this stuff? Did Elisha have something that we don't have? No, he didn't. Elisha didn't have anything that we don't have. God's not a respecter of persons. We're not all called to see like he sees or called to prophesy as he prophesies. But in his flesh and blood, he's talking to God about these things. And we have that access. We have that access and we've got to begin to grab it. But the wonderful part of this for me, I think let's switch to the next slide. It says, a wonder, the whole mountainside full of horses and chariots of fire surrounding Elisha. We are supposed to be able to shift in our lives from worry to wonder by grabbing hold of the truth. By grabbing hold of the truth, not the facts. It's so hard for us to to disregard the facts and go to the truth. We can't go to the truth. Why? Without the word. 
Can I tell you, can I just be really honest with you? If I don't have an active prayer life, if I'm not actively seeking God in prayer and intimacy, I don't want to open the Word. There's something about that intimacy of, of, of trusting God to translate it for me and open it up for me. And there's something about that building of relationship that wants me to know more about Him. You can read the Word and learn about the author or you can talk to the author himself. Those are two different things. And when you're talking to the author about his book, that's a, that's a pretty powerful thing, right, Mike and Paula? Or Paula, don't see Mike. But the, the power that we have in that. So this is what I would like to share with you today. I want you to be able to grab hold of this place in the Spirit. I'm going to share a chorus with you, if you don't mind. And we're just going to, back in uh, the olden days, we used to have Hosanna Integrity Music. And they would do repetitive word songs, and it would get those words down in your spirit. This particular uh, chorus is just something that I have prayed, used in my prayer life for a long time. And I want to share it with you because my hope and my prayer is that it would get stuck in your head. It would be one of those worm tunes, you know, that it would get stuck there, but then it would move to your spirit so that the next time you face a battle, this would be your immediate response. This would be where you go to. So... Oh, I have a band. This is good. Backup singers. Back, no, no, no. No backup singers. So we're going to put the um, lyrics up there, I believe, in a second. And it's super simple. And I want it to just, if you don't mind, let's just let it become a prayer. Open my eyes, Lord. Open my eyes, Lord. Open my Stand in wonder, not in fear, 
your eyes. 